Okay, here we go. Today's Davos Aflam and Aleph, page 31 of the Hidgim Masechus Babakama. And we have another beautiful, beautiful uh, daf ahead of us with a lot of further explanation of how we live as Yidin and what the expectations are when we are under various sorts of stress. So listen to this. Three lines from the top of the Aflam and Aleph, Amad Aleph. We learned that Adam Mord La'ilam, right? A person is always considered a Mord. So if I damage, I'm going to be. I'm going to have to pay Nezik Shali. Now listen to this. Shnei kadarim. If you have two potterers, okay, now it could really be people of any uh, occupation. We're not picking on potterers uh, specifically, but potterers generally are carrying things. Okay, such as can you guess baseballs? Of course, pottery. Shnei kadarim. Shal yimachem zechazet. They're walking one behind another. And they're holding a pot, let's say, between them or individually, and the first guy fall the first guy trips and he falls. Now what happens often, if you ever watch uh, NASCAR racing, horse racing, people going too fast and you can't stop, what happens? The second guy trips over the first guy. So the first guy trips. Now, you tripping, you should have been more careful. The second guy trips over the first guy, and we have this when it comes to the laws, I believe, the laws of uh, car accidents, right? The guy, the, so, the, uh, usually it's the guy behind who we always put the onus on. Over here we say, says the Mishnah, the first guy is obligated for the second guy. Why? Let the second guy keep a proper distance. So we'll see. We'll see how, what exactly this, uh, this Mishnah, uh, you know, what the circumstances surrounding this Mishnah is. But again, two potters, one behind another, first guy trips. He now becomes a damager by tripping. You're now a barbershus harabim. You're, a pit. you're now a pit in the public domain. Anybody trips over you, you're going to be responsible for damaging them. Okay, now this needs explanation. What are the circumstances surrounding this? Amar Rabbi Yaichanan, Rabbi Yaichanan says... I'll tell you what you shouldn't say, because I know we all said this. The Mishnah is Rameir. None of us said this, but he says, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, Stam Mishnah, the, uh, a regular anonymous Mishnah's opinion of Rameir. He says, this Mishnah can't be Rameir. The Omar, Rameir says, Niskal Paisehu. Ah, Morgan Rebbe. Rameir says, Niskal, a person who trips, is a Paisea. He's called negligent, the Chayov, and he's obligated. So, does that work with our Mishnah? Yeah. It certainly does. So Rav Meir fits very well. Uh, Rav Meir fits very well with our Mishnah. Even according to Rav Meir, the army on us who putter, the first guy's on us who putter, in this case, we're going to obligate the first guy. You know why? Because after you fall, you know what you're supposed to do? What does the Yid do after he falls? Ah. Sheva Yipo Tzadik? When a yid falls down, what does a yid do? You stand back up. And you didn't. So he says the Rabbana like this. In general, we're going to follow the rules of the highway. Which is, the guy behind nails the guy in front. Maybe you should have been more careful. But we just, uh, we just finished the mission. We're starting the Gemara. But... Over here where the first guy could have stood up and he didn't, so now it's your own problemo. Yeah? You could have stood up, you didn't. You're now a bor b'rshus Okay. 
You could say we're our mission is dealing with where the guy didn't have time to stand up. But you know what you could do after you trip and fall down to make it that the second guy doesn't trip over you? You know what you could do? Instead of standing up, you could say, Hey, slow down, buddy. You could have warned him, but like his here and you didn't. Gewalt. You could have warned him and you didn't. Good? Now listen to this. I love Rabbi Yechanan. I love that. I love Rabbi Yechanan's statement even more. It says Rabbi Yechanan. Look at this. I was thinking, I was, I was like, the proper words, not meditating on this. It wasn't that long, but I mamish, like I, I stopped for a couple minutes when I was going over the Gemara. It's like, it's Gewalt. Rebbe says, let me tell you something. We're dealing with the case again. Two men are walking. One guy in front, one guy behind. The guy in front trips. We said he's obligated for... Damaging the second guy if the second guy chips over him. I and mean, we're trying to understand why. One approach is because you could have stood up. The other one is no, even if you didn't stand up, and even if you couldn't have stood up, you're still going to be high because you would have warned him. says no. The same way you didn't have time to stand up, you don't have time to warn other people as well. You know why? Detarred because your mind is torrid, your mind is bothered. What does it mean your mind is bothered? It means like this. There's certain times in our lives, certain times in our lives, where I myself have been hurt, have tripped, I myself have stumbled, where it removes the achrayas of me to be warning other people. It's, it's the way the Rabbani Shalom made people, and we speak about this constantly, is... When a person is bizarre, when a person's in pain, our mind becomes tsar, our mind becomes narrow, which is a gift, so that we'll deal with the issue at hand. The Rebbein wants us to hyper-focus and say, oh, I have a wound, whether it's an emotional wound, whether it's a physical wound, I push it, I simply am not expected to see beyond myself. Now, if I could, that's greatness. Right? That goes, if I could, then it's a maisa. Then it's a story for a drush on Shabbos. But human nature is that when I trip, says my mind is torrid. It's not my responsibility. It's poshit, not my achrayas. You can't place the onus on me, but you should have said something. I can't. I push it, can't, says Rabbi Okay? Now, the other opinion, obviously, will, uh, will argue. Yeah? Rav Nachman disagrees. Again, this is like a psychological disagreement, so to speak. Rabbi Yechelen says, you stumble, you don't, you're hurt, you don't have a Christ to be warning others. Comes along Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak, and he says, you absolutely still do. You absolutely still do. Even if you fall, you're expected to send out a warning to others. You, you're mechoyif. It's, it's like a psychological bachoykos over here. It says the Gemara, Tanah, we learned in the Mishnah, Let's say you have two guys walking, one in front of the other. One guy's holding a beam, one guy's holding a barrel. And the guy in front holding the beam makes a short stop. The barrel gets broken by the beam. Potter, the owner of the beam, is not responsible. Okay, says Rashi. Says Rashi. The case is where the guy who owned the beam is walking regularly, and the guy opening the, holding the barrel behind him is walking too fast. He's going above the speed limit. I was saying, it's like following too closely. Yeah, following too closely. So then we say, if the Balkura... Makes a short stop, he's going to be 
mechuyif, even though the guy with the beam is walking faster than usual. My love, Sha'amar the Kosef, aren't we dealing with where, why did he move the, um, how did the beam damage? And why did you stop? Because you want to shift the beam around, right? Sometimes you're carrying the beam in the lower part of your uh, arm, and now you want to lift it up higher on your shoulder, or vice versa. The Urchayu, that's normal. But Katani Chayvah, we still say the guy in front is Chayvah for doing something which is normal. It's expected. The guy in the battle, why don't we just say you're following too close? The Havali Lahazir. I'll tell you why. You know why the, the, we don't say the onus is on the barrel guy? Because we can say to the first guy, if you're going to stop and shift the beam around on your shoulders, warn him. And Mamele, you see from here that we put Achrayu, we put the onus on somebody for not warning. Which is a raya, which is a proof of Nachem Bar Yitzchak. Says the Gemara, one second. Yeah, maybe the case is not where he stopped to shift the beam around. Maybe he's, he, was stopping to rest. And when you stop to rest, you know where you're supposed to go? To the rest stop on the side of the road. And over here, he didn't do it. Um, and uh, since he, you're not using the Shisrabim properly, he's going to be Chayav. Uh, either way, but as long as a warning, you're chayav just because of your own uh, negligence. Says Gemara, okay, What happens if he stops to shift it around on his shoulder? Now, by the way, keep in mind, shifting around on the shoulder is basically we'll call this in in our minds uh, headspace slowing down, like like slowing down on uh, on a highway, right? You got to make you're going seventy, and now you're quickly going down to thirty. You have to expect cars are going to slow down near an exit or whatever it is. So the same, they, when they would walk in a Rosh Hashanah, you have to expect people, if you're walking by the guy with a beam, you, they're not horses that they can just keep going straight and they're on cruise control and they're never going to slow down. So it's all, the onus is on other people, the, to, the, the owner of the barrel, to not go too close. This is mamish, like this is, if you, like we were discussing with Matis, uh, you know, when I, went, when I was on... Uh, uh, jury duty, and this guy was talking about oxygen goring account. Like we have to take these situations, mamish. Like this is this is how we live. This is how we know where uh, who's achroy for what. When we put the onus on the guy in front, when we put the onus on the guy in back. Says the Gemara, what would be the Allah if he stopped to just shift around? Potter, he's Potter for breaking the barrel because that's a normal way to use the Shusarabim. But at the Tani Seifa, at the end of the mission, we said, if the owner of the beam said to the owner of the barrel. Hey, I'm slowing down. You better stop. You're off the hook. You don't need to pay if the barrel breaks. Lift like this. We did. The Tana should have given that same case to tell me when you're Chayav or Potter. We should say like this. When are you Chayav when you didn't warn the guy? When are you Potter when you warned the guy? But where you uh, stopped to uh, shift it around uh, on the way, you're going to be Potter. But the Tana Lamaisa changes the whole case. He changes the whole case. He, changed, he says it's not about shifting around the beam. It's about whether or not you uh, gave a warning. And this would be a raya that you're always going to be chayav even if you just stop to shift it around. Even when you stop to just shift it around, the only time you are not responsible is if you warn the guy. Okay? So bottom line, this is going to be a proof to Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak that if you want to be butter. You're oblig- if you want to be putter when you're carrying a beam in a public domain, you need to warn people not to get too close. As opposed to Rabbi Yechanan, who says that no, there's no there's no achrayas when somebody uh, when somebody stumbles. Okay. Put those little flags on the large road. Mm-hmm. 
uh, oversized. Uh, very good. There's a warning that needs to be there. Beautiful. It's my warning. Yeah, Gvaldi. Tashma, come and listen. Hakadorim, potters, vahazagonim, and those who blow glass, shaymachim zachazem, they're walking one behind the other. Niskalarisha, vinafal, the first guy trips and falls, vinaskalashini barisha, the second guy, domino effect, trips over him, ashleini bishlishi, third guy trips over the second guy, we now have a three car pilot. Huh? It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. The first guy is going to be responsible for damaging the second guy. And the second guy, Chayav Benizkeshish, is responsible for damaging the third guy. But if everybody ended up falling because of the first guy, which we'll see what the circumstances are surrounding, how do you know if we could place the whole blame on the first guy? Or some of the second guys. Then Rishka and Chayav Kulam. The first one is responsible for everything. Vim Hizruz as if they warned each other. First guy trips like everybody stop, and the second people aren't listening. Potter, send your Potter because Lamaisa you sent out the warning. My love shall Now isn't this talking about where when you Potter when you gave a warning when you didn't have time to stand up? But if you would have had time to stand up, a warning would not have been helpful. So you see from here that you could be. Held um, when you uh, when you don't warn people after you fall. Who's this approved to? Rav Nachman, because again, Rav Yechiel says we don't hold you responsible for not warning. Here we see we do hold you responsible for uh, for a lack of warning. Says the The reason why you're responsible is not because you should have warned; it's because you should have stand. You, sh- you 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 had time to stand up, and you didn't. You tripped. You're like, oh, you know what? Once I'm lying on the floor, I might as well hop a ten. For, uh, for 30 seconds And you could have stood up And somebody else goes And trips over you So that's why you're responsible But it's nothing to do With a proof To whether or not Somebody who trips Has, respo- uh, has a uh, Responsibility to warn It's more of a responsi- It's more about the responsibility To get up off the floor Says the Gemara Okay I will, But What happens if Let's say They didn't have time to stand up They trip No time to stand up Somebody trips over them My What is the Allah Potter You'll say listen If you have no time to stand up your potter. Yachi, if that would be true. At Tony Seifa, then the price we say, him his as if they warn each other, potter. The Tana could have stayed within the very case of each other by warning and say, and when do we say, he could have stood up, if he didn't have time to stand up, potter, you're off the hook. But instead, instead of, instead of using the discrepancy in halacha, sticking with the same case, but you could have stood up, not stood up, the Tana chooses to shift the case over to whether or not you warned the person, so this would bring this would bring a, a proof that they uh, somebody who trips is always responsible, even if they didn't have time to stand up. Says the Gemara, no, it could be Artana holds as follows. Guy number one trips. Guy number two trips over him. When do I say the first guy's responsible? Like this. He should have stood up. But what if the first guy could have stood up, didn't, but gave a warning? Then what? Again, could I have stood up? Yeah. But I didn't. Okay. So now I'm a barber shusarabit. But I had time to warn somebody, and I did, says Artana. Guess what? Your putter. So it means like this. Like Matt just pointed out before with the... Uh, orange flag, right? If I am in a Rosh Hashanah and I break down and I put 
hazards on, and I put these little things to go around me, and somebody comes and crashes in, it's his responsibility. I, I, you, you had time to pull over onto the shoulder, and you, you could have stood up, and you could have moved. It doesn't, I gave a warning, says the Tana, I told people to move around, the responsibility is not on me. Okay. Now, we're going to go back to the case of the Bryce that we just learned, and dissect it, and try to understand what are the, the exact circumstances. Our Bryce had said again, the first guy trips, the second guy trips over the first guy, the third guy trips over the second guy. So we said the first guy has to pay for the second guy's damages. The second guy has to pay for the third guy's damages, but if he can put everything on the first guy, then he has to pay. So what are the circumstances surrounding that? That is our Gemara here. So here we go. Omar Ruva. Rabbi says, Rishon Chayev Veniske Sheni. The first guy's got to pay for the damage. The second guy, Beim Veniske Gufa, Beim Veniske Bimoynoi. For any damage that happened to his body, as well as for any damage that happens to his property. Okay? So anything breaks, Chayev. Sheni Chayev Veniske Shlishi, Veniske Gufa. The second guy has to pay for any bodily damage that happens to the third guy. Avaloi Veniske Bimoynoi. But not by Nizke Bimoynoi. Okay, he doesn't have to pay for uh, any damage to his um, to his uh, vessels. Okay, says the Gemara. I don't understand. I don't understand what Rav is saying over here. If the guy who trips is a paisheya, he was negligent for tripping. He could have been more careful. The first guy also should not be responsible for paying for property. Of Amud Beis, I'm sorry. Inus Lapeshehu Afilu Rishai. Avolayim Neskei Mayne. Memalashach. Inus Kapeshehu Sheni Nami Lechayv. Oh, and if he is a Peshehu, the second guy should also be Chayv. Inus Kalav Peshehu Afilu Rishai Nami Lifater. Says the Gemara. Rishai Invadai Peshehu. Says the Gemara like this: The first guy to trip, we're certainly going to put she on him, and that's why you're obligated to always pay. Sheni, the second guy, Agufay Mechayv. The second guy only has to pay for bodily damage. Why? Because the second guy should have stood up and he didn't. I'm money potter, but on property, uh, on property, I don't have to pay. Why? Because he could say to the third guy, That pit did not come from me. Granted, you got damaged, but you got damaged because of the original pit and that of the first guy tripping. And that's not me. So it's not my property that damaged you. It's something that's completely out of my domain. Hence, you, you can't uh, obligate me for property damage. But to say that I'm not responsible for something that my body actually did by not standing up, that you could put, uh, that you could put on me. Okay? Bottom line is, that's Rubba's approach. So again, Rubba says, first guy is responsible on everything because of Shia. The second guy is responsible on body because he could have stood up and didn't. But on vessels, there's no responsibility because the Maise is connected to the first uh, to the first stumble, and the first stumble is what's called the pit. So the second guy will say, I don't own the pit that that damaged you. Basically, that's a challenging question. Everyone's responsible for damage that comes from your body. And they're put there for damage that comes to the property. My love, Fularishan, doesn't this mean even the first guy should only be responsible to pay for the body damage and not for the property damage? Why does Rabbi say you're obligated on everything? Says Gemara Lai, The first guy has to pay for everything, and once you get past the first guy, then you only pay for body damage. I have a kulon gatoni. Says everybody, I'm Rabbi. I have a kulon It means everybody who got damaged. So the first guy didn't get damaged. 
The first guy stumbled. And now he's a pit. The second guy got damaged. Whoever, the third guy got damaged. And if it keeps going, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, whoever got damaged is always going to pay for any bodily damage they cause behind them. But you're never going to pay for the property damage that comes from you. So if I am a victim also, which is from number two and on, I pay for damage to body. I don't pay for damage to property. Says Gemara, hi my. What do you mean by this? Why is this so? If you're going to tell me that it applies to everybody, that's why it says everybody. Why would you say everybody would have to pay just for body damage and not property damage? You should say whoever got damaged has to pay body damage. But here you're saying kulan. Kulan means everybody. You want to mean all victims? You should have said all victims. You didn't say that. Rather, Rava says like this. You're right. What it means like this. Rishon, the first guy to trip, is Chayov. My time. Why is the second guy only responsible to pay for body damage and not property damage? Because we're going to call the second guy a pit. Oh. And we don't find a pit that's uh, ever responsible for uh, ever responsible for vessels. Okay. Now, what about the first guy? Why isn't the first guy a bar? So Rashi explains that the first guy we're going to view as Adam Hamazik. We're going to view him as Mamish, a, a man that damaged. By him stumbling and starting this, you're, and, and the second guy tripping over him or getting down to him, that's called Adam Hamazik. The second guy is no longer in the category of Adam Hamazik because I'm in a category of a created bar. You created this, the first guy created the circumstance for the second guy. He's called the victim as opposed to the uh, damager. He's not called the damager, he's called the victim. Once you're in the category of number two of the second guy of being the victim, then we're going to say, oh, but you're on the floor? You're not Adam Hamazik, you're a victim. You're, you're the Adam Hanizik. But the Misa, it's still true that you're in a situation where you could damage others even as a victim. So over there, we're going to call you a bar. You're a pit, and the rule is when vessels fall into a pit, like we learned before, you're potter. Hence, the first guy is Chayev on everything because he's Adam Hamazik. Second guy and onwards is going to be potter on vessels. Whenever you have a takala, whenever you have an obstacle in Rishasur in. That if the owner made the bar, uh, if he made his property hefker, then it's considered a bar. If he didn't make it hefker, then it's still called Adam Amazik. What are you going to say? The second guy, what's the reason why you're obligated on the body of the third guy and not on the vessels of the third guy? We're not dealing with pit. We'll go back to our original answer. Okay? The original answer is. Again, Rava is telling me the first guy has to pay for body and property. Second guy and onwards pays for property. You're going to say, I, you said everybody is chayav, not just the number two and onwards. You didn't tell me only the nizak and only the victims are, are, are paying for body. You should, have, you should have said that. Why'd you say kulon? It's not true with the first guy. Everybody whose vessels were damaged by vessels 
has this halacha of only paying for bodily damage. Okay? As opposed to the first guy, who it's considered Adam Hamazik, who damaged with his body. Bottom line is, um, we have an explanation for Rav Omar Mar, the Tana taught us, in Machmas Risha Naflu, if, let's explain. The second and third guy tripped. We said if they tripped all because of the first guy, Risha and Chayav and Kula. Okay, so now how do you know when to put the onus on the first guy completely? Machmas Risha and Hechi Nafel. How could number three, four, five, six, how could they fall because of fellow number one? Okay. Rav Papa says, Tepaska Orche Kishilda. We're dealing with where the first guy, when he tripped, laid across the width of the road. Okay. Rav Omar Kechotcha Desam Yusa is like the uh, blind people, a walking stick. Is there a better word for it? Is that what it's called? Huh? Yeah, like a, 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 when blind people like use this uh, walking stick to, to pay. What it means like this. It's fascinating. First guy trips. He's basically blocking the pathway. The second guy trips over him. If the third guy comes and trips over the second guy... But the first guy is laying out anyway. So the third guy would have tripped over the first guy. The first guy is completely obligated because he's the one who's causing me to trip on the second guy. What am I supposed to do? Not trip. Where else am I supposed to go? There? You're there. So it's still the first guy who's creating a matzah. He's creating a situation of no way around this. Since the first guy is creating a situation where there's no way or there's no way to go through without being hurt, the fact that I got hurt in the second guy is still an onus on uh, is still an onus on on uh, the first guy. It's his responsibility. The guy A digs a bore, ten tefachim, mm-hmm. and guy B comes along and adds another five tefachim. Yeah, and someone falls in. Who's high? We didn't uh, learn that well in depth, but the, but the first guy, huh? We didn't go through According that sugi. Svara, it'd be the first guy. No, no, I'll tell you why. Because he would have fallen anyway. It's like the guy laying across. The second guy's putter because the first guy would have killed him anyway. Correct. Caused him to trip. Correct. Yet over here, you could say it's even worse. Because over here, it's a bigger pit to fall into. Over here, you could say that. So you buy a pit, you don't have to fall into the pit at all. Right. Over here, you had to get damaged. Okay. The first guy created a situation here where the third guy had to be damaged. Okay. Yep. All right. Zuck the Mishnah. One guy's walking with his barrel, one guy's walking with his beam. The barrel's broken by the beam. They both have rights to be in the Rishos Arabim. And therefore, the owner of the beam has to be more careful. Okay. Here's the question. What about, and what about Adam Mordailam? So Adam Mordailam, this is a very important Mishnah. It's a very important Mishnah. Every Mishnah is important, but very important Mishnah to add to add a layer to our Allah. Adam Mordailam is not true 
when the victim is negligent. If it's your fault that your thing broke, you can't tell me other mood like. Very important. So why doesn't the whole issue of the zikin fall by the wayside? All these cases we've just learned. Yeah. Other mulalala, I shouldn't have tripped over you. You stumbled, all right, other mulalalam you're chayat. I yeah. stumbled over you, other mulalalam, it's my fault. I should have been paying attention to where I was going. I shouldn't have been walking so close. I should have taken precautions. That's Rabbah's Chiddush. Rabbah's Chiddush is is that when you're, you you say Adam Ur-Laylam when we're dealing with Adam Hamazik, only the first okay. guy is Adam Hamazik. His Adam whole Kiddush wanted to be is that number two, three, four is, is, the first guy is Adam Hamazik and the second guy is going to be called a Bar Hamazik. Because when you enter the category of victim, but that, yeah, that's the, it's a, okay. it's a wild, it's, it's a big Kiddush. It's a big Kiddush. Over here though, and, we're gonna, and what the, a lot of Torah on this mission is going to be when we get into the Gemara, is what are the circumstances that need to play into this? Where I'm mamish walking with my beam, you walk with my barrel, my, bar- my beam breaks your barrel. Usually, Adam a man's always responsible, but over here, where mamish is going to say, you're potter, because there's a strong onus on the victim that you also could have been more careful. Say, wait, I'm an Adam Mordleilam, you're also an Adam Mordleilam, and just because I ended up breaking your thing when you could have been just as careful as me doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Two brothers fighting, two little kids uh, or older kids uh, fighting. So they very often they both played a role in making it happen. So how do you know where to put the the uh, achrayas? Since each one has permission to be there, so there's no there's no chiyuv. The one with the beam is not responsible for breaking the one with the barrel. And this has to be explained. Like what are the circumstances surrounding this? The Gemara will explain this. If the owner of the beam was there first, he's walking in front, and then the owner of the barrel is walking behind them. So in the first case, they were facing each other and they bumped into each other. So they're both coming at each other with force. So we say your potter. Over here, one's walking behind the other. And the barrel, which was behind uh, hit the beam and broke Potter Balakura the guy in front the owner of the beam he's going to be Potter because the onus is completely on the owner of the battle why'd you go so fast why are you tailgating why are you so close over here okay top of tomorrow's daf Vim Omar Bal Hakura however if the owner of the beam stopped like suddenly Chayav that he's responsible. But if he called out to the barrel guy behind him, hey, dude, I'm stopping, then Potter is going to be Potter because he gave the guy warning. Now, obviously, the warning has to be a proper warning with enough time to, to stop. Let's say the guy with the barrel was walking in front, the guy with the beam was behind, and he's, the beam guy's walking too fast. And then the barrel's broken by the beam. So the owner of the beam is going to be chayev. Why? You're the guy behind. You should have slowed down and been more careful. The mamar balachavis. If the owner of the barrel made a short stop, potter. The owner of the beam is not going to be responsible because you're expected to go and to, to walk in the public domain at a normal speed. And if you got to stop, you pull over to the side. You don't stop in the middle of the roadway. The mamar the balkura amayid. But if you put up hazards and he's told the owner of the beam 
gave him enough warning to say to stop, and the guy doesn't stop, Chayev is going to be responsible. The same halacha of a barrel and a beam would apply with a fire and things that are flammable. If somebody's walking with a torch and somebody's walking with pishton, literally meaning flax, and they're walking towards each other and the flax lights on fire, the same uh, responsibility is going to be just insert flax for barrel, insert fire for beam, and whatever halacha plays out in our Mishnah will play out over there as well. Because these two things uh, obviously don't go well together. So there's a time where we're going to put the onus on the flame on the flame guy to say, hey, you got to give a warning. And times we're going to put on the flax guy not to get too close. And, and that same achrayas will, uh, will come into play. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bez Hashem. Tomorrow we'll pick up at 5.20 p.m. Hopefully from Yerushalayim. Have a wonderful week.